Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Let's Talk Games, season 1. I'm Abby. No, I'm not. I'm Anthony. You're Abby. Um, And this is the podcast in which Abby plays through Final Fantasy VII Blind for the first time. And Anthony plays absolutely not for the first time, like the seventh time. Yeah, I've played way too many times. Before we get started, we'd really like to thank those of you who are listening. We've noticed like a little bit of an increase in our listeners and it really does mean a lot to us like we're doing this kind of off and back so I really put it anywhere and it's really cool to see like a big surge of people suddenly listen to the show which is what happened over the weekend so thank you very much and really that's the main way you all listen to podcasts so you hear all other podcasters say this but that's the main way you support us is just by listening to us and telling your friends about us so thank you very much yeah thank you so much okay so we start this episode in well we don't actually start this episode just outside of Midgar and we walk to Cam and that's all that happens yeah it's nothing really happened there but Cam looks lovely. Like, can we just live there, please? Compared to Midgar, it's an absolute paradise. Loads of people are chatting about the Mako energy. And some are saying it makes life better. Some are saying that it makes life worse. Some are saying that they're noticing things and people and stuff disappearing. Like trees. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but we need those. <laughs> yeah, we do need those. It uh, definitely seems to be like a little microcosm of the slums. Like, you've got the same opinions, but they're not as extreme. Yeah. Because, like, they're living in the lap of relative luxury. Why would it be as extreme? Yeah. You're not actually viewing the hardships. But I thought it was a nice little interesting social commentary that some people are like, Viva la Mako! And some people are like, mm, do you remember bunnies? Yeah, do you remember trees? Those were cool. Those were great. Remember when you could breathe? <laughs> um, so I quite enjoyed that because I feel like that's literally now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely sort of looking at that in 2019 a little bit. <laughs> you notice just by like wandering around and chatting to people that Sethiroff was there. Somebody was basically like, oh yeah, I saw a spooky guy in a spooky cloak. And we're like, ah, there's our buddy. We're on the trail. And at this point, I'm like, why are we following this guy? <laughs> And Cloud's like, I've got some reasons to tell you if you come to the inn. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I would be like, mm, no, how about you tell us why and then we'll we've... trek for days across the wasteland. <laughs> to get to this weird town that looks like it belongs in a completely different game. Rather than the other way around. So one of the things that we did in Calm was we did a quick bit of shopping and some inventory management. And we got some new weapons for everybody. And the only one I really want to talk about is um, Barrett's new weapon. Because for the first time in this game, he hasn't got a gun. He has a big cannonball that he just hits people with. Arguably more dumb. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so you go into the inn and Cloud goes upstairs and he gets ratted by Barrett and Ares for being late. And to be fair, he was late. He went and talked to every single person in the town, did some shopping, sold some stuff, bought some new weapons. We like our little sociable boy. <laughs> so basically, Cloud is like, all right, time for answers. Me and Sethiroff, we were... BFFs. And what he actually says is, I guess you would call us wartime war. buddies. Yeah, war, war buddies. buddies. <laughs> but from what you see in the... Oh, sorry, the cat just bit my foot. The cat bite your foot. <laughs> <laughs> Rumble. <laughs> she was like, I want to sit on the chair, damn it. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a hard bite. It was just a, like... Oh, no, she's yawning. Just a nibble. She's... There you go, that may be way off the podcast to prove there is a cat. <laughs> Rumble was um, raised by dogs <laughs> and she's never quite let us forget. <laughs> anyway, so the flashbacks five years ago mm-hmm. where Shinra had sent them to put down the resistance. Yeah, the resistance, they were cleaning up a resistance after a war. It, but Cloud just says after the war, he doesn't say what war it was or. 
I assume it's the same war that um, Elmira's husband died in. Yes, probably. I'd forgotten about Elmira. She's the best. <laughs> At least we can now pronounce her name the first time. Yeah, if that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's corrected us yet. <laughs> and don't. <laughs> um, so you know at this point that Cloud was 16. Mm-hmm. Which led me to question how old he was when he first joined. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, he's obviously been through some training. Yeah, Good he, training, because he's a soldier. He's not just a scrub. He's not a grunt. Like those guys who are in the car with you. Yeah. So, hmm. Curious. But the way that Sephiroth treats him is not like a friend. Not even like... So when you've gone through a fight with... In the words of Ron Swanson... A workplace uh, oh, proximity uh, associate. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like this annoying kid that Sephiroth has seems to have to drag around. And to be fair, Cloud is like, "What are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah. Oh, have you been carsick? Oh, I'm not carsick. Like, go away. Nobody wants to sit next to that kid." And how polar different is that to the Cloud that we know? The Cloud is like, "I literally don't care about you." Hey, where's my money? Yeah. The other thing he talks about is how he's so excited to try out his new materia, mm-hmm. which when you actually get to inspect it is completely useless. Literal trash. He's like, oh, they gave me new materia. They're trusting me now. No, it's literal trash. They've yeah. asked you to put the trash in a bit. <laughs> um, he's so excited about being a hero, which I think is quite endearing. Mm-hmm. Like he really thinks he's doing the right thing. He's wrong. But he thinks he's, yeah. Yeah. But in his mind, he's right. So you're sent off to investigate the old Mako reactor. Mm-hmm. And my notes say something which I do not think is correct. I've put, which is meant to be producing evil creatures. <laughs> which isn't, I think. I think. Or I think it's, they've heard it's producing yeah. evil creatures. Rather than like, this Mako reactor is doing its job. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make sure the evil creatures are more evil. <laughs> but I was like, oh, the Mako reactors make these weirdos. And then I had a bit of a like, Excuse me. understanding moment. Mm-hmm. Where... I realised that all these weird, wibbly, mutated creatures you've seen are not normal. They are normal, but it's not just like this universe has these possessed houses and giant tsunami monsters. These are being created by the Mako reactors. Yeah, so not only is what Shinra doing messing up the environment, like the natural environment, but it's also creating or... Um, warping the beasts that live around them and making them aggressive and dangerous. And you also find that you're on your way to... I'm going to go for Nibelheim? Nibelheim is, I think, the correct pronunciation, but I don't know for certain. I went into that so confident and instantly (laughs) doubted myself. So Nibelheim. Which is... Cloud's hometown. And I've written... My notes go, Nibelheim, that's where... Cloud is from Dragon! <laughs> <laughs> which is when the dragon jumps out and attacks the car. Which I think just by the way the cutscene plays out in the car, I've got a feeling the driver just drives into it. <laughs> um, and then Sephiroth and Cloud jump out to deal with it. Yeah, I feel like my notes are an accurate representation of how it happened <laughs> yeah, in the game. Dragon. Um, and, and it's quite a shocking little fight because you don't get to control Sephiroth, but he's in your party. Um, and Cloud is level one and does like 12 damage a hit. Um, and Sephiroth kills the dragon in one blow. We're also used to Cloud being, like, the, the big best. guns. yeah. Interesting thing that literally just occurred to me. This is not in my notes. So, Cloud is meant to be, like, level one, so he's doing, like, baby damage. Mm-hmm. But, like, Tifa, when you meet her, mm-hmm. is, like, level 11 or 12 or something. Mm-hmm. So, she's actually, like, 
done a good deal of training. Mm -hmm. She isn't a soldier. She isn't military. But she's tough. Yeah, she's really tough. And you get a little hint of that when you get into the town, which we'll talk about later on. But yeah, it's, 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 it's also interesting that Cloud's supposedly done all this training up to this point, And it's level one. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Tifa's an ancient. <laughs> Maybe they're all ancients. This is my new theory. Everybody's an ancient, <laughs> is, except for Sephiroth. Is that the clickbaity title of this episode? Is <laughs> Tifa an ancient? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Sephiroth's not an ancient. ancient. <laughs> um, so he then says his mother is Genova. Yeah. Cannot read my handwriting today. <laughs> You're writing a lot very quickly. Is Yeah. So his mother is... Genova, or was Genova. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is that he, he intimates that she's dead. Like, he's ne- he never got to meet her. And that makes us, who have seen the future from this perspective, be like, oh. And there's actually a bit of a flash where Bart's like, oh, the headless spook, in case you weren't paying attention. Yeah. And I actually think, correct me if I'm wrong, but did we, did we forget to mention Genova in our podcast? No, no, we talked about it. Oh, we talked yeah, about I it. Yeah, I made sure to bring it up. Okay. Because you had forgotten about it, and you're like, oh yeah, I think I blocked that out, because it was so gross. Oh yeah, so creepy. It's creepy in, in this bit as well. Yeah. And then when you get to Nibelheim, Nebelheim? <laughs> <laughs> I go for Nebelheim. Okay, Nebelheim. Seth Roth talks about the Mako when you get to Nibelheim. Yeah, he's... He says that it smells bad when you enter the town, which is something that nobody has talked about before. Nobody's brought up the fact that Mako has a smell or that it's in the air. Yeah, some people talk about the way it affects people's eyes. Yeah, if you're if you're exposed to it, yeah, you get these Mako eyes, but no one's talked about it having like a taste or a smell before. But he's like, yeah. oh yeah, something's wrong here. The Mako doesn't smell right. So I wondered how Genova ended up in Midgar. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that still stands at the end of the episode, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, I think that it does actually get addressed. At this point, um, I think Barrett or Tifa asks about it. Mm-hmm. And Cloud just offhandedly says, no, it's at the end of the episode. Never mind. We'll get there when we get there. Okay. It does get addressed. So, Sethiroth is like, oh, go have a wonder about, bud. Yeah. Which I think is code for please go away for <laughs> leave, five minutes. Leave me for five minutes. I think he actually says you're free to like visit your family and friends. Yeah. So we proceeded to run around the town. And I directed you to Tifa's house. Yeah. So you go in and Tifa isn't there. But you go upstairs and Tifa from the future is like, did you go in my house, Cloud? Did you go in my room? It was like, did you go in my house? Did you go upstairs? Did you go in my room? Did you go in my drawers? Yeah. And it's kind of suggested that Cloud might have stolen Tifa's pants. (laughs) Yeah. It's just weird. And what I quite liked is as an option you go, no, I'm only kidding. And which is what we picked. Yeah. We did that because... Yeah. It was weird. It's just a really weird little aside bit in the game. Um, you can also play the piano in her room, and there's like YouTube videos of people playing proper songs on that piano using the PlayStation controller. That's kind of cool, I like it. It is cool. It's a bit like all the people who play like proper songs on the ocarina and Ocarina of Time. People are awesome. Yeah. And way more musically talented than me. And have way more time than we seem to have. Yeah. I really struggled to get the like ocarina to make the ocarina songs. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Um, so you then go to Cloud's mum's house yeah and this is weird because it's that flashback memory you've already had so even before that when you actually go to the house 
Cloud's like, guys, we don't need to talk about this. And the, it jumps back out of the flashback to the inn. Mm-hmm. And like everyone's going, no, no, we want to hear what happens when you meet your mum. Mm-hmm. But initially, Cloud doesn't want to talk about his mum. Yeah. And then, yeah, it does the weird white flashes. And have I remembered this? Yeah, I have. I've just read a bit further on my notes. He can't remember the whole experience. No, it's like all cut up and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really have anything to add to that. It's only just kind of really occurred to me that there's big chunks of... Yeah. His... I am in Team Tifa. Like, let's be worried about Cloud. So here's, here's where I ask you something. Did you notice how much Tifa said in this episode? Was not very much. She said very, very little. Even though that she was a part of the story, she was there, but she let Cloud tell it all. Just keep that in mind for like later in the game. And uh, you know what? For somebody that dresses not suitable for the environment they're in, Tifa's growing on me. Mm. All the characters are growing on you. Yeah. Even Wise Kitty. Oh, Wise Kitty, kitty. Already. yeah, he's a kitty. So I actually thought for a second that this area was Midgar. Oh, that was a previous theory that you had. Yeah. So, because I kind of assumed that Midgar was the whole world when yeah. we were playing this game to begin with, I thought that Cloud and Tifa had grown up in Midgar. Yeah. So, I think my brain was still kind of playing on that theory mm-hmm. when I thought that maybe the reactor in Nibelheim, Nibelheim? Yeah? I think you got it right. Nibelheim. Nibelheim. Yeah. Was the first Midgar reactor. Then, just as a side note, I was like, these reactors are so destructive, just like power stations that we use. Yeah, it's such, it's, it's, it's not even like a it's clever analogy. Subtle. It's so, yeah, it's not subtle at all. That's what I was looking for. So, you get to the next day, and Sephiroth is like, I've got a guy up. Now, is it actually called Mount Nebel, or did I just write that? Yeah, it's called Mount Nebel. Okay. Yeah. So, it's hard to tell because I sometimes call things and people random nicknames, which you is do. why my. Notes are sometimes so hard to decode. I can't wait until the people listening to the podcast get to hear what you describe Chocobos as late at the end of this episode. <laughs> we'll get there. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you find out that Tifa is the guide. And Cloud is like, grr, no. He's not, it's a bit weird actually. He's not like, hey Tifa. It's yeah. just kind of like, oh, he's it's a, Tifa. He's a bit like, Tifa's here. I don't want her to go up the mountain. That's dangerous. Yeah, and she's wearing a rather fetching hat. Yes, I do. Which she's lost in the future, sadly. Um, and the only thing that really happens is there's some like fat guy fanboying over Sephiroth. He's like, "Oh, can I get a picture of you all?" And he takes a picture of Cloud, Tifa, and Sephiroth together before they leave the town. Yeah, except for Cloud is like, "Oh, you can take a picture of me," and he's like, mm. "I only take pictures of heroes." <laughs> yeah, um, but Sephiroth is like, "Oh, chill. She'll be fine. You will protect her." So he explicitly gives the job of protecting her to Cloud. Mm-hmm. So you go up the mountain and the reactor has just wrecked the yeah. entire area. It's completely destroyed. It's very sad. There's absolutely no vegetation. David Attenborough would hate it. <laughs> so it's Steve Irwin. And you wander across a suspicious bridge. <laughs> and it does what suspicious bridges do in video games and collapses. Yeah. And you lose a soldier. Yeah. You have to leave him behind. And then you get up to the reactor and you discover that this is a natural maple fountain. Mm-hmm, which is really rare. Yep. And the reactor sucks it up. Yeah. And I'm a bit like, what is maple? Um, and the other thing that happens here as well is that Sephiroth explains what materia is. 
Oh yeah. Because the Mako the Mako fountain is one of the few places where materia occurs naturally, and it's crystallized Mako energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says condensed. Condensed, yeah. And then I think he alludes to the fact that that's one of the things that breathing reactors do is they create materia as well as generating power. Mm-hmm. It says knowledge and wisdom of the ancients is actually held in materia. And that's how you can cast spells. Mm-hmm. Although, Mojo Hojo. Um, just Hojo for... <laughs> <laughs> Those who don't play the game in this house. <laughs> has already told Sethiroth not to call Mako magic. Yeah. Because it's not. But Sethiroth says, well, Hojo is inexperienced. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of respect for Hojo. Yeah. And that, I enjoyed this. He is a walking mass of complexes. <laughs> yeah, which is a great bit of shade from Sephiroth. <laughs> also, what a cheek, Sephiroth. Have you seen yourself? <laughs> As we walk in... You're like, oh, damn, this is... The reactor. The reactor. This is the reactor from the flashback. The first flashback. So Tifa's dad is totally going to die here. <laughs> At some point. Yeah. Um, also, just a side thing. when Before you go in, um, Sephiroth doesn't let Tifa go in. And the soldier, the remaining soldier has to stop her from entering. Because mm. he's like, only Shinra employees can go past this point. I didn't notice that. So you go in and it's a big red room. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at my own Yeah, what did you write? I wrote, there's lots of spook eggs. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were spook eggs. I think I meant to write space eggs. <laughs> I think spook eggs is a better but name. I think I was getting alien vibes. <laughs> there's all these weird pods. Yeah, so there's all these weird pods that kind of look like cryogenesis yeah. chambers at the back. There's a big red door that says... Genova. Genova. And I think... Have I been pronouncing it Genova the whole time? I don't really know what the correct pronunciation is. I think at this point... I kind of wondered if it was like a Hebrew, playing the Hebrew. Probably is. Yeah, probably could. Yes, I bet you it is. I bet you 200% it is. We just, I just haven't hit, I haven't got that background, so I've, I've missed it. I bet you at this point there's like an icy chill in Sephiroth when he sees his mother's name above that door. Mm -hmm. And it starts to drive a whole ton of suspicion in him. Yeah, so before you really break it down, they have a bit more of a chat about Hojo. Yeah. Because this is meant to be a materia factory. Yeah. It seems like Hojo has put creatures in here in an attempt to make super soldiers. He's like fusing materia with people. Yeah. And Sethiroth's like, ugh, I bet he did this to get to the same level as Professor Gast. Yeah, which is a name that's come up a couple of times, but it's like you've really got to have noticed it to have... See, I think this is the third time it's come up in the game. Sethiroth basically thinks Professor Gast is the man. He's talked about it before. He's like, don't listen to Hojo. He just wants to be Gast. Yeah. Gast is the shit. I've written here for the next bit. Um, Sephiroth is freaking out. Am I a pod person? <laughs> That's where my notes end for the first bit. Have you got so anything more? I wrote that Cloud asked Sethiroth if Sethiroth is not a normal soldier. And Sethiroth said, goes crazy. That's right. Like, you being the pod. But he's like, was I created too? He's yeah. like, proper. And he attacks one of the pods with his sword. Yeah. And then when the pods bursts open. Uh, yeah, he's having a proper breakdown about it. And I put one of the eggs hatches the Ice King <laughs> with red feet, which is. <laughs> exactly a good description of what happens yeah. in that cutscene. Uh, yeah, so basically Sethiroth is having a big breakdown. And then 
that's the end of that bit of the flashback. Yeah. You get an opportunity to save and it jumps into the next bit of the flashback. Which, shall we just do it? Yeah. So, Setheroff confines himself in the inn when mm-hmm. he gets back and then disappears. Yeah. We then find him inside a big building, the Shinra Mansion. Yeah, which has the most unsecret secret staircase <laughs> ever. Anthony was like, guess where we go now? <laughs> I, I, loved, I loved the soldier outside the room. He was like, Sephiroth went into that room and disappeared. I don't know where he went. <laughs> um, and you go down into like the Edgelord dungeon. Yeah. And why was this here? What? Oh, I know why it was here. I was like, why? In fact, I still have this question. Okay. So it used to be a Shinra mansion. Correct. So they were like, okay, we've come really far in our advances. We're going to move to Midgar or wherever they're moving to. But we're going to leave all of our research here and just start from scratch over there. At, at any point in this story that we've gone through so far, has Shinra seemed like a competent organization? Powerful? Rich? Evil? Competent? Well, I think it's in character for them to do things like this because they're just terrible at what they do. I don't know. They seems like they created Sephiroth. <laughs> so yeah, Sephiroth has found like a library under the mansion, um, and Cloud has gone to him to try and talk to him. I wrote. I'm sorry. So before, while we were doing that, you we came across a safe, and you were like, "Remember this." Yeah, remember the safe. Simba. Um, but. Yep. I also wrote. This has some awesome sound effects. Yeah. Did it have real awesome sound effects or was I being sarcastic? The sound didn't, but the, the, there was like some good, really good audio in this whole section. Especially the next bit where it starts off and there's this really ominous music. Maybe it was that I was talking about. It just seems... That, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, sure exactly what you were referencing there. Me neither. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, and yet, when, when Cloud gets to Sephiroth, Sephiroth just starts basically reading... No, that's not correct. Yeah, you find... A lab, is my note. Yeah. And then you go in, you try and talk to Sephiroth, and he says, an apparently dead organism was found in a 2,000-year-old geological stratum. Yeah. Named Genova. Gas called it Genova. Confirmed. Ancient. Ancient. And then... And this was from the... And then he starts to talk about the Genova project. The Mako reactor is approved for use. And then he questions the fact that his mother was called Genova. And yeah. then he says, Professor Gast, what did you do? Yeah, and he was like, why did you die? He's having such a crisis of faith. Because as we've just talked about, he puts a lot of stock in Gast. I yeah. kind of wonder if Gast was a bit of a father figure to him. I definitely think that's what's implied here. Um, and then he's discovered that he's basically been created by Gast. Yeah, and and there's, there's like a little time lapse that happens for the next bit where you just see Sephiroth read every single book yeah. in this laboratory. But this kind of fits in with Hojo trying to breed Eris. It's almost like he's like, oh, Gast did it. I'll do it better. Yeah. I've got a real live one. I'll rather get than the dead one we found in the geological stratum. Yeah, so Seth is researching his origin and he's like yeah. really... He's going mad. You see him working through all the books. Yep. You wake up one day in the mansion. And this is where the super ominous music starts. And mm-hmm. it's just like a heartbeat. But but, it is that, but it's not a heartbeat. It's very um, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Cloud goes downstairs and he speaks to Sephiroth. And Sephiroth is like, hmm, traitor. Yeah, the first thing he says, he calls Cloud a traitor. I am like, 
You, Whoa. me, Gas, Cloud, Genova. Who's the traitor? Are you the traitor? Hojo? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Why do I hate Hojo? Of course you hate Hojo. He's gross. He is gross. He's that really slimy, horrible character you get. He's probably out for his own agenda and just working with with Shinra because they, they pay him. They kept Red 13 in a cage and tried to breed him with air. That's he's, why I hate yeah, him. Yeah, that's why I hate him. Um, also, he's Mojo Hojo. Mojo Hojo. So Sephiroth just throws a whole ton of information at you. He says that humans descended from Lazy Cetra, which is another name for the ancients, mm-hmm. because the Cetra were an itinerant population and mm-hmm. they traveled from planet to planet, but some of them got bored of traveling and stayed on Earth mm-hmm. or whatever this planet is. Um, and then a disaster came um, and the only way it was saved was the, sacri- the so Cetra sacrificed themselves to save the planet. Just before that, it actually says that Cloud's ancestors stopped the migration. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, it wasn't so much as like they stayed behind, they stopped all of them from migrating. Yeah. Um, and then the disaster came and the Cetra sacrificed themselves to save the planet. And Cloud's ancestors are the ones that survived by hiding. Yeah. Um, and then Sephiroth was created and... Because the word he actually used is produced, yes. not created. Which is interesting, she used a choice of words. It's very... Um... What's the word capitalist? Yeah, it's like he's a product to win the war or... Yeah, which it probably was, to be honest. If, mm-hmm. they, were, if they were at war at the time and set, they were ready to do anything they could to get there, that's what they did. He then leaves. And then Nibelheim is on fire. And your exact words when you walked out of the Shura Mansion were, Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> and the whole town, yet yeah, was on fire. You help Zhang, who was Tifa's mentor, try and save some people. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really go very well. Cloud comes out of the building shaking his head. And you then head up the mountain to find Sephiroth. Seth is oh. just killing yeah. everyone. Like, you actually see There's him. There's a scene where he's just cutting down innocent civilians in the street, and you really couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. He's totally, totally flipped. Like, the character that they showed you before this section wasn't a nice guy, but I think he was a bit of a figure of respect. Like, he seemed to be really calm and in control. He knew what was going on, and he didn't treat anyone badly. He was yeah. indifferent. But he didn't seem like a bad person. But he was doing his job. Yeah. And now he has gone completely insane. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, and he walks off through the fire and it doesn't even touch him. Yeah. So you run up the mountain. And it's there's not much really much happens until you get to the reactor. Where you find the scene from the start of the game with Tifa crying over her dead dad. Don't, don't you see him stabbing her dad? No. no. You don't I see just, him stabbing your dad. You just see the dad dead and Tifa crying over him. Just in my mind's eye. And she does that whole, like, Shinra, Mako, Sephiroth, I hate it all. Yeah, that's right, because you're climbing... For some reason, you can't just... Stop her. Walk down the corridor now. You have to climb around the wall. Yeah. And uh, she grabs Sephiroth's sword, runs into the pod room. Uh, yeah, I was like, this is dumb. And challenges him. And she, she tries to fight him. She, like... Instantly gets he slashed. actually like backhands her I think and uh, grabs I a sort he of slashed her maybe he sword. does slash her it looked it looked bad yeah and she slow motion tumbles down the stairs yeah and then Sephiroth's just like standing exulting in front of the door where Genova's supposed to be and Cloud goes to get Tifa and he moves her next to a pod and she says. Um, you promised that you would come if I ever needed you, which mm-hmm. is a reference back to the promise they made on the well at the start of the game. So I don't know how you take that, but I take that as like, see, I knew you'd be here when I needed you to be. Mm-hmm. But just as you were saying it there, I could almost hear it to be an accusation. Like, where were you? 
like you promised and yeah. you weren't here. Yeah. You're too late. So that's not how I actually... Took it then. No, and it's still not how I take it. But you can see it from that side. Yeah. I would be interested to know if other people did... Took it that way. Yeah. The other thing that I've just written here is Sephiron has gone totally nuts because he's referring to Genova as mother. Yeah. And he's not like calling her my mother. He's actually addressing her. Yeah. He's like, come on, mother. We'll, we'll go and we'll, we'll, we'll get away from all these horrible people. I'll save you, mother. Yeah. I actually... Um, just as... Sephiroth is talking to her. I'm going to say that sentence again. <laughs> Just as Sephiroth is talking to her, I also put that Genova is a spooky robot angel. She is a, uh, to start with, she's a, so he goes through the door and you see the spooky robot angel. Yeah. Um, and but, Cloud follows him through. So yeah, so Cloud runs off to confront him and then, as you said, he's talking about Mother. And Mother is going to be, was going to be the ruler of the planet, is what he said. Yep. But... We, Cloud's ancestors, humans? I think so. Stop that from happening. And now he's going to claim his birthright. Yeah. And, and take her to the promised land. Yes, exactly. So he rips the alien off the wall. And the tank behind has the true form of Genova. Which is just a big... Which is a vaguely feminine blob. Yeah. And I've got a weird question here. And I don't know if you saw it. But did she have a nipple eye? She had a nipple eye, which she also had in the original time you saw her. The other thing, she had a head, which she did not have in the Shinra I think I was too distracted by the <laughs> nipple eye. It's weird ass. It's so weird. Sephiroth is talking like, oh, you deserve this, you oh, deserve yeah. this. And Cloud says something pretty cool. He's like, well, our struggles are equal. Yeah. What about like, like the pain I'm going through? All the people you've just killed, my family, my friends. Yeah. Like you're sad, but I'm sad too. Like you've just put me through a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of hurt, which I think is a pretty level thing for a 16 year old kid who's just had his whole hometown destroyed. I mean, the assumption is his mum's just died. Mm-hmm. All of, yeah. All the people he came with are dead. Like he's pretty sure Tifa is dead or nearly. Yeah. And he's standing up to this guy who's basically a god compared to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sephiroth is like, I'm not sad, you peon. Yeah, you worthless creature. Yeah, he's like, I am chosen. Yeah, and you you <laughs> rolled your eyes so hard when he said that. I rolled my eyes and then I said, and now you're just somebody that I used to know. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and then we have the really, like, the, the interesting cinematic style of like the camera flashing to Sephiroth and Cloud at the top and the bottom of this ramp and duh, 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 gets faster and faster and faster and then it fades to black yeah. and then we're back in the inn and Barrett's like and then what? And Cloud's like oh I don't, I don't remember that's the, all I can remember and everyone's just like what? Yeah so it's like did Sephiroth spare him? Did Sephiroth save Tifa? I kind of wonder if he was like oh that cloud kid was not bad. Yeah. Sorry for destroying your entire life. Here is... A girl. Yeah. And like, um, Barrett swears for a bit because of this. And Cloud's like, yeah, I just can't remember. Yeah, and he does say, he says, I should have been dead. Yeah. Skill-wise, there is no way that I won that fight. Which is which is interesting for a character like Cloud to acknowledge the fact that he wasn't powerful enough. Yeah. Because he's not all oh, based on that bravado that he was here earlier. He's like, no, like I couldn't have taken Sephiroth there. I shouldn't be alive. Yeah. And he does also say next, um, I want to know the truth of what happened that day. Because mm-hmm. he says officially Sephiroth is dead, but he's obviously not dead. Obviously. 
And um, we referenced this right at the start of us getting to Nibelheim, but I didn't write down who it is, but somebody asks what happened to Genova. Eris did. Eris does, because she's in the building. Mm-hmm. And Cloud just offhandedly says, oh, Shinra transported her from Nibelheim to the Shinra HQ. Like, when? How? Why wouldn't Sephiroth take her? The, yeah. There's such a huge like question mark over the end Excuse of this story. Excuse me, here is a gap. <laughs> um, Do you get answers to this bit, or will I be unsatisfied for the rest of my life? And Cloud also... One last thing that I've written down for this bit. Cloud also says that he thought Tifa was dead. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Barrett asks, like, was was it bad? And he's like, yeah, I took one look at Tifa and I thought she was a goner. Yeah. And she's obviously fine now as well. So something's happened. <laughs> I've written my last bit. Oh, I remember why. So we've spoken about this before. Sometimes the translation it gets a bit lost. So Cloud is talking, oh, yeah, I thought Tifa was dead. And he literally says, I was sad. That's right. That's the whole sad. (laughs) And we're like, cloud sad. (laughs) We would not be joking as much if Tifa was dead. No. It's just Cloud's inability to express emotions sometimes. Yeah, which is just a little bit of Cloud's character and a little bit of one poor guy translating the entire game in like a weekend with a really tight deadline. But it's quite funny when you think about literally five minutes of gameplay before he's like everybody's struggling oh, yeah, so articulate. your suffering does not mean that my suffering is invalid I was sad <laughs> um, so it's so, really great character stuff for Cloud yeah so that's over and we are going somewhere yeah so we now are just following the trail so I just took us out of calm I sent you out of calm to the Chocobo Ranch and we introduced chocobos, which you described chocobos as... Chocobos are my favourite thing. I described chocobos as flamingo alpacas. <laughs> which I loved. Um, and we got the choco... I can't remember the name of the summon material now, but we have the yeah. summon material from the chocobo ranch. So I was like, oh, choco... I've written chocomog. Yes, chocomog. Yeah. So um, I'm like, oh, chocomog is the best thing that has ever happened to me, <laughs> is the last line in my notes. <laughs> um, and um, I tried to take on the Midgar Zolum because I said I could totally take it at like level 13 and I died. And yeah. that was the end Instantly, of the Instantly. And we're but, like, okay, we're done then. Yeah, that's where we finished up. So um, this episode was just a teeny bit longer than usual, but I think it was good to cover everything in one go. Um, brought to you by sheer exhaustion. Brought to you by sheer exhaustion because we're really up on the timeline for getting this recorded in time, but we did it. <laughs> Um, I found it really interesting retreading Nibelheim. Um, I think you found it quite interesting. Yeah, I answered, got a lot of answers. But it also brought up so many questions. Um, yeah. And now we need to track Sephiroth down and find out what the real story is. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll do that all next time. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, just keep doing what you're doing listening. Tell your friends about it. If you know anyone who likes Final Fantasy VII or is excited about the Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming out and wants to kind of relive... Um, playing the game for the first time this is a great podcast to do that with Abby I can think of many other reasons like you don't just have to like Final Fantasy 7 you yeah. could like annoying cat noises yeah which we've had a lot of tonight or, or planes flying over we've had a couple of those yeah or Scottish accents yeah we, we actually have a huge like a big proportion of our listeners are from the UK woohoo <laughs> um, I think um, <laughs> is that my brother and my university no no no, no no like there, there's there's, <laughs> a, there's there's quite a few uh, yeah. people listening which is cool um, and yeah, if you do want to like give us some encouragement or something, I'm on Twitter at Ant Will Talk. We've got the Twitter account Abby and Anthony, which mainly just tweets about the show. Abby... I have an Instagram, yeah. which is not really Final Fantasy Seven related. I can't. I don't really have a brand on Instagram. <laughs> I'm just like, here's a cute picture of a cat. Also, I played Zelda. Also, we went for a walk. Also, expect maybe Stardew Valley posts on there soon because I think you rediscovered it. Oh, I love Stardew Valley. I. 
just as a side note, not related to the episode, but I was so excited for the Switch Mini to come out. We already have a Switch, obviously, but I want us both to play Stardew Valley <laughs> at the same time. And we need to switch us for that. Exactly. Because last time we played it, I didn't talk to Anthony for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you so much um, and have a great day. Be nice to us, internet. Bye.